Unspoken requests. You need God to do something in your life. Hands are up all over this place. Well, let me ask, follow that with a question. Have you prayed about it? If you say yes, good. Because that would be the first thing I would tell you to do. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons and privileges given to us by Christ. Then, what I would tell you to do after you have prayed is what I'm going to talk about tonight and the power of it. If you have prayed about it, then I would tell you to go ahead and praise him anyhow. Whether you got your answer yet, whether you've gotten your breakthrough yet, even if you haven't even got through it yet, praise him for who he is and for what he has promised you he will do. Hallelujah. Now, tonight, I want to talk to you about the breakthrough power of praise. How that when you hook up with praise, it produces things in your life. The Bible encourages, exhorts, and even commands us to praise the Lord. Do you know that praise can bring you out of your circumstances? It can eradicate oppression. It can unloose the depression. It can calm the anxiety. It can set you free. It can unlock your spiritual prison. Here's the key to it. You got to be willing to praise him even if you don't feel like it. And you got to believe what I'm going to tell you tonight by faith. So let's get into the word. And let's begin by talking about this man named David. See, there's a valuable lesson David learned about how that regardless of your circumstances or how low down you feel, there is a way to get a breakthrough. And it begins with prayer and it ends with praise. So let's begin in Psalms 142. Here, David is one of the lowest states of his life. Yeah, David, you know David, you know, the one who slew Goliath. You know, King David, the man after God's own heart. He was human just like you and me. And life brought him struggles and brought him turmoil as well. It just goes to show it can happen to the best of us. Here is David in a deep, dark place, literally. He was in the cave, but also in a deep place, dark place in his life. I believe this was at a time when he was in a cave hiding out from Saul. He was being hunted down by Saul's soldiers like a criminal, and all David ever did was just try to honor Saul. But here in chapter 142, the psalm is actually a prayer of David's. But it's not just simply just him having a, just a little talk with Jesus. It was not a now I lay me down to sleep kind of a prayer. This was one of those prayers described by James as an effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. Let's look beginning with verse 1. David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. Have you ever been there? I can't count the times I have found myself in that place crying out to the Lord. And then in verse 2, he says, I poured out my complaint. Anybody in here ever complained to God besides me? Where's Brother Thomas? Brother Thomas, I'll give you another chance at tonight. Have you ever complained to God? I plead the fifth again. You know where you unload on God, have yourself a pity party? You talk to God like you don't know what's going on. You're letting him know he ain't paying attention. And you remind him he's neglecting to help you. David's in a terrible state of mind. The only comfort he had was knowing he could pray to his God. When no one else cared, he believed that. And some of you have talked to everybody. You've complained to everybody about your situations. But have you talked to Jesus? Have you cried out to Jesus? Have you taken it to an altar of prayer? Have you even prayed about it? 
So many times that is our last resort. You run to this one and you run to that one and to that friend and this friend. Finally, when you get exhausted of all your resources, when you figure out man can't help you, then we're like, hey, God, can you help me? So many times we run around for days and even months, sick, afflicted, beat down to where we can't even think straight. When all along we should have threw ourselves at the feet of the one who can change our circumstances at the first sign of trouble. May I remind you that he said, I'm your very present help in times of trouble. David was experiencing desperation at this point, holding the towel in his hand, ready to throw it in at any moment. He was tired. He was weary, but he prayed. He says in verse three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path and the way wherein I walked had they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that, allowed, that would know me looking for a man to help him. Refuge fell me. No man cared for my soul. Nobody even seemed to care, he says. Have you ever been there? In the darkest time of his life, he was all alone. Those that once stood by him had deserted him. Man had failed him. He ended up hiding in a cave, one of the deepest, darkest places, because no one offered him a refuge. That's where so many are at today. You are so troubled. Your spirit's overwhelmed with grief or turmoil. No one even understands where you're at. You're at your wit's end. But in spite of it all, in verse 5, David realizes and declares, God, regardless of everybody else, you're my refuge. He said, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Can I tell you today that God will be your refuge? I don't care where you're at today. You can run to him. Then in verse 6, he prays earnestly. He prays, attend unto my cry, for I'm brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. For they're stronger than I had. Here is David getting honest as he could with God. God, this is where I'm at. He spells it out. He's not holding anything back. And in verse 7, he pleads with God. Bring my soul out of prison. He describes his soul as in a spiritual prison. He's expressing this is more than a physical attack. This is a spiritual attack as well. Now, what reason did he give for his plea? He said, that I may praise thy name. See, David knew the power of prayer, but he also knew the power of praise. He knew the value of praise. David knew the experiences he had with praise. It was David that when Saul's spirit was vexed, he would begin to play the harp for Saul as a form of praise. In doing so, it would soothe Saul's troubled soul. David knew there was power in prayer, so he had prayed. And he knew there was power in praise, so he wanted to praise expressing that he's having trouble doing it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, such as oppression, depression, stress, and hopelessness. See, in chapter 142, he cried. He prayed unto the Lord. Then in chapter 143, he prayed, Lord, hear my prayer. Then what's beginning in Psalms 144? Watch what's going on. David is going from praying to praising. In Psalms 145, he says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Psalms 146 says, I'll extol you, my God, O King. Psalms 147 says, Praise the Lord, for it's good to sing praises to our Lord. In Psalms 148, Praise the Lord from the heavens. Psalms 149, he says, Praise the Lord with a new song. 
And then in Psalms 150, praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with the flute and the heart. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the string dances. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Oh, why don't we just go ahead and praise him right now? Hallelujah. David prayed, and then he praised. He just began to speak it, regardless of how he felt. Producing his breakthrough he needed in his life. See, many think praise is the first three fast songs we sing, and worship is the three slow songs that follow. That's not true. Worship is how we esteem God. It's an attitude of adoration from the heart to the Lord. It's the adoration you have in your heart for God. You can worship God without a sound if you wanted. But praise is the venting of adoration you have in your heart for him. It's expressing the adoration that's in your heart. Where worship can be silent, praise never is. We found that to be so in Psalms 150. Everything about his praise was about making a noise. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Praise requires action or a voice or a sound. Whether it's shouting, clapping your hands, playing an instrument, dancing. If it's praise, it will have noise and it will have action. There's power in lifting your voice, raising your hands out of adoration of who he is. Ask yourself, when was the last time you seen the glory of the Lord take over the service? When you did, did you notice that quite often it was during praise and worship? You see, there's a difference between the anointing of God and the glory of God falling in this place. The anointing helps you to sing. It helps you to preach. But when the glory falls, you can't sing, nor can you preach. You see, there's four things that happen when we begin to praise him. Number one, praise secures God's manifested presence. It secures that his presence is going to be here because his word promises God inhabits the praises of his people. Let me confirm it. Second Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. This is when Solomon is dedicating the temple. It reads... It came even to pass at the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. In other words, during a praise and worship service. And when he lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music as one and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth ever forever, that then, say then, then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by the reason of the cloud, because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready, ready for a cloudy day in this house. I'm ready to see a cloud about the size of a man's fist show up in here, and we can't minister because of it. I beseech you, O oh Lord, show me your glory. Hallelujah. In this passage, we find that the coming of the Shekinah glory was linked with the musicians and his people praising him. Psalms 22 and 3 says, God dwells in the praises of his people. Number two, praise secures victory. Go to Psalms 149, 6-9. Here's where it all ties together. This is unity at its best. It's where we find praise, when, com- when coupled with the word of God, breaks the enemy's chains. And some of y'all just think we do what we do just to be doing like we do. Oh, no, the order of our service of this church is biblical. So let's read Psalms 149, 6 to 9. 
Oh boy, this is about to be some good stuff right here. Anybody here want to hear this? Good. Then let him who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church of God tonight. In verse 6 it says, Let the high praise of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. What's the two-edged sword? The Word. So praise and worship with the Word has a kingdom purpose. I said kingdom purpose. And what is it? Verse 7 tells us, listen to this, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind their kings and nobles with feathers of iron, to execute upon them the judgments written, this honor have all the saints, praise ye the Lord. You want to have vengeance on your enemies? Then praise God with your mouth and let the word of God be in your hands. Come on, somebody. You want to defeat your enemy? You want to win your spiritual battle? Then speak ye the word of the Lord and let his praise be continued on your lips. Praise him anyhow, anyway. Hallelujah. Number three says praise secures an unburdening. It lifts the burden up off of you. You want relief from stress and the pressure you're under? Then praise him. Because when you do, God inhabits your praise. And the burden bearer, Jesus Christ, lifts your burdens and bears them for you. It's like he come by and says, give me that. You just be free. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God says, when you praise me, I'll carry your burdens for you. I'll even carry you if I have to. He says, I'll be your strength when you have no strength. I'll be your peace when you have no peace. I'll be your very present help in times of trouble. He says, cast your cares up on me, those of you who have you laden and burdened. I will give you rest. I believe there are people who come in here every service with heavy burdens, with the weight of the world on your shoulders, living with a spirit of heaviness, people consumed with things of the past, bound by past failures, worried with troubles of today, mourning the loss, gripped by fear. But if you pay attention to the Word of God and put into practice what the Word of God tells us today, you can become an overcomer. You can be released from that spiritual prison that's held you for so long. You can be brought out of that dark place. For he wants to call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God wants to pardon somebody tonight. Too many are sitting in your spiritual prisons and you're waiting for someone to show up with the keys. And I've been sent to tell you, they're right there in your hands. Matter of fact, the keys are your hands. Just lift them up to heaven and praise his name. When everything falls apart, praise his name. If you have a broken heart, just lift your hands and say, greater is he that is in with me. You can praise your hurt away. Come on, lift up those hands right now where you're out without wrath or doubting and give God a big shout of praise. There you go. Come on. Give him a big shout of praise. Come on. I hear the chains falling. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Did you ever see that cartoon character who everywhere he went, there was a cloud over him? That's how many feel. They have a defeated mindset. They're overwhelmed. Their hearts are heavy burdened. But I came by tonight to tell somebody the devil is a liar. That Jesus can deliver you from all your sorrows and fears and burdens. The Bible tells us the key to overcoming your burdens is for you to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you really want to, I mean, if you really want to unload those burdens, begin to praise him. Come on, lift up them holy hands one more time. Can you do it? Shake off those heavy bands. 
Please know you ain't got to wait for no altar call to be released right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I have felt heavy. I have felt downcast before. I have felt fearful. And I have worried at times in my life before I learned to praise him regardless of my circumstances. And when I did, and before I was ever through with the song in my heart, God came through for me. How many of you have ever had one of those bad days? Then all of a sudden, you'll hear a song come on the radio. And all of a sudden, you're in the floor having a breakthrough. Or you're sitting at a stoplight while tears run down your face while you're listening to, to a worship song. Or you're in your front room, and all of a sudden, your morning turns into dancing. And it's a result of your praise. Hallelujah. Number four, praise secures release. Evidence can be found no more truer than Acts chapter 16. When he speaks to two men, Paul and Silas, who knew the power of prayer and praise. And the lesson of the story is that regardless of our circumstances, whatever we're going through, it should be irrelevant in our determination to pray and to praise the Lord God Almighty, the Lord God Almighty anyhow. Somebody say anyhow. Whatever the reason you may find yourself in, whether it's a financial pit, a relationship that's gone bad, a habit or addiction or a marital struggle, any, I said any circumstance that is like a monkey on your back and you can't seem to get him off, a past that keeps hanging over you ever since you've been saved, whether it's a bad report, a bad decision, it's time to get your eyes off the bars and onto Jesus because your praise secures a release. If we don't praise him, he said the very rocks will cry out. There is power in prayer and praise. They are inseparable. They're mighty weapons. They're spiritual weapons. Where we go wrong is we praise. And if God answers, then we'll praise him. When regardless of whether the storm is over or not, praise should always follow prayer. Prayer is an expression of faith that you believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you even ask God to do through your prayers. Now, praise isn't just for the bad times. Proverbs 27, 21 says, As the finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. In other words, silver and gold are tried by a finding pot and a furnace to purify them. But man is tried by praise to purify him. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Let God purify your heart. When you praise him, all those impure thoughts and all those mixed emotions are released, refining your spirit to have faith. I don't know about you, but as I view the churches across America today, I'm amazed at the attitude that some have adopted. How some folks come into the house of God week after week and leave the same way they came in. I mean, people treating church like some do their job. They just show up, put in their time, then complain about everything that's wrong by doing nothing to help change their circumstances. Coming to church should not be a job. It's a privilege. David said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. But it seems like people would get tired of the same old things, living day to day without joy and peace and happiness in their life, stressed, oppressed, depressed, you ought to get tired of being down and out, going through, going under, going backwards, up and down, and being bound. You ought to be tired of coming here week after week and leaving the same way you came in. Leaving here with the same old problems, the same old heartaches, the same old heartbreaks, same old letdowns, the same old setbacks. You know, for many, this is how we feel. It's 9 a.m. Sunday morning. You wake up. It's been a terrible week. 
It's time to get up and go to church. Why? It's the thing to do. And you enter the church doors. You sit in the same old spot. You endure the service only to leave and be unchanged. When you should be raising those hands and laying those heavy burdens down at this altar. But it's kind of hard to lay them at the altar if you won't come to the altar. When you hurry out of here at the first mention of, would you please stand? I don't know about you, but I got tired of always being down and out. I got tired of always being the tail and not the head. I got tired of always being defeated and not the overcomer. And a lot of reasons you do feel the way that, it, that you do is because you're, of your response to what life brings you, your response to how life treats you, and your reaction to life itself. And above all that, the biggest problem is we won't praise God in spite of our circumstances. Now, we all know the saying, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. But do we know and really understand the power of praise? Praise can cause walls to fall. Ask Joshua. Praise can stop the fury of a fire. Ask the three Hebrew boys. Praise can quench the appetite of a roaring lion. Ask Daniel. What I'm trying to say is there's power in praise. Praise has a productive power. It's able to produce. Hallelujah. And the only way your praise will be able to produce something is when you're willing to be a carrier, a womb, that is willing to consummate your relationship with Christ through praise. Then your praise will be able to produce something. It's then he can burst something through you. Some of you aren't attracted to praise. And that's why church is boring. That's why the devil is beating you down. That's why the enemy's wreaking havoc in your life. Because you refuse to hook up with praise. When you hook up with praise in your life, it will produce a shield. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That means a shield, a buffer, a safeguard. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God is your shield. Understand, praise is a shield that can block the fiery darts of the wicked one, your enemy. Praise can shield you so you won't even see the darts coming at you. Because you're so caught up in praise that no one or nothing else around you matters. Your praise can take you to another place. Into the deep places of God. Into the Shekinah glory of God. Into the holiest of holies. Through your praise, God will cause blessings to come your way. It will create a season of blessing for you. To where people be wondering, how did you get it? How come you got blessed? How come you're walking in blessing? How come your household is blessed? Your praise will cause people to look at you and say, I don't know what you got, but I want it. See, her helped Moses to free Israel from Amalek. How? He helped him hold up his arms. Every time Moses raised his arms, they were winning. Every time they went down, they began losing. If you can't raise your arms and praise him when you're being attacked, the enemy is winning. And I'm here to tell you today, if it takes someone holding your arms up so you can praise him and get your victory today, so be it. I'll help you. When you praise, it will produce liberty. Do you know raising your hands is a sign of surrendering? You need to surrender your battle to the Lord today and begin to praise him. The battle's not yours, saith the Lord. Once you surrender, watch the liberty you'll have in your life. You'll be free from that spiritual prison. Let praise free you from the opinions of others. Let it free you from the past. Let it free you from the hurts of the past. Understand, though, the liberty that praise, the liberty that praise gives you isn't always free. What I mean is 
sometimes in the midst of your praise, you got to fight to get free. You got to press in, fight to get free from distractions, disruptions, to get focused. Understand that praise is your spiritual weapon. Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. They're spiritual weapons. Spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. Every time you don't feel good or don't feel like praising him, your first thought is something is wrong physically. In all reality, many times it's actually spiritually. Our weapons are mighty through God for four things. Pulling down strongholds, casting down evil imaginations, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Praise is the weapon that we use to get through the battles that the enemy sends our way. It's through our encounters and experiences with praise. We're able to produce liberty, the liberty that frees us from bondage. You better learn to praise God through your adversity if you want to survive the onslaught of these last days. You say, but I don't feel like it. He said, you never, never did say you had to feel like it. I'm sure David didn't feel like it. Matter of fact, he implied he didn't. He was praying and asking God to free him so he could praise him. I figure if I took a show of hands, how many of you like going to work every day of your life? There probably wouldn't be too many hands going up. But you do it anyway. Why? Because it produces something called a paycheck. And you may come to church and not feel like it. But when you get here, go and praise him anyhow. Why? Because it produces something called liberty. Learn to praise him through your trials and your tribulations and your sicknesses and your pain. Let your praise cut off your enemy, shield you from the fiery darts, place you in a season of harvesting blessings, liberate you from your bondage, take you places that you've never seen. If you're ever going to produce something through your praise, you're going to have to be willing to be a care that God can work through. It's time to quit showing up as usual and come expecting God to produce something in your life as you praise him. God didn't establish the church to be a tradition. He called it to have a mission, to be a light to a lost and to a dying world. When sinners come in, they're to see people of victory. Your praise exemplifies your winning. Unbelievers are looking for, aren't looking for a place to be entertained. They're looking for a place that will be a refuge a family that won't abuse them, a home that is not broken, an answer that's not a lie, a man who won't deceive them, a place to cry until God makes everything all right, a place where they can pray and praise their hurts away. And God's looking for a remnant that still believes in the power of God. He's looking for a Joshua and a Caleb that although your enemy may be bigger than you, you still believe that with the help of God, you can possess the land of blessing that God promised you. He's looking for a Gideon, someone God can call up despite the odds against him. He'll go and fight and trust God for the victory. He's looking for someone who's tired of sitting back and letting the enemy year after year take your stuff, your children, your home, and your health. He's looking for an Isaiah that when his train fills the temple and he touches your unclean lips with a hot coal, purging your iniquities and thy sin, that when he asks, whom shall I send, you will stand and shout, send me, O Lord, send me. He's looking for a David, a man after God's own heart that was not afraid to stand up against any obstacle that stood in the way of God's people. Someone who'll stand before a giant when everyone else is hunkered down and afraid. Who stood before his giant and declared, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
Hallelujah. God's looking for a Meshach, a Shadrach, and a Bendigo. That when everyone else is willing to follow the crowd, willing to compromise and bow down to an old idol, they were willing to stand and trust the one and only true living God. Even if it meant being thrown in a fiery furnace, they said, we will not bow down. Even if it be so, I want you to know our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But if not, we will still not bow down. Hallelujah. And God's looking for a Paul and a Silas who was jailed for casting a demonic force out of Lydia, disrupting the devil's business. They were beaten and locked up in the inner jail. The Bible says it was the midnight hour. They prayed and they began to sing praises. Right in the midst of their adversity, locked up, shackled, chained, I don't know how they were able to sing. When we're bound, we don't feel like it. And I don't read nowhere where it says they felt like it. It just simply says they sang. I can imagine in my own way, if you'll allow me to for a moment, that night while they're sitting bound, surrounded by darkness, and Paul says to Silas, don't worry, Silas. And then Paul begins to sing, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. And I believe as he was singing, he encouraged Silas. And Silas began to join in with him. And I believe Paul says to Silas, that's it, Silas. Come on, sing with me. And then they sung, he will be my guide. Pull me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. I can't help but believe many probably thought they were dreaming. Why, they hadn't been a praise sung in that prison in years. The prisoners began to hear these voices like neither there's ever, like there's never been any praise in your prison lately either. But once they realized it was for real, I believe some feet began to tap. I believe some chains began to rattle. Men who had been bound for years finally heard a voice of hope. I believe some were giving all they had just to raise their weak, feeble arms bound by those heavy chains. For some, it was the first time in years they heard shouts of joy instead of cries of pain. And I believe that all throughout that prison, eyes began to open out of shock. People were questioning what they heard. Some awakened in disbelief. Praise in a prison? Not heard of. And many begin to ask, who is this God they sing to? And who is this God they sing about? Can I tell you, not only the prisoners heard them, but the God they served heard them. I imagine God sitting on this throne. All of a sudden, he hears a sound of praise coming from that dark prison full of bound, desperate men. I believe he heard their off-key, broken, wearied voices singing. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour, I need thee, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. This is coming men who are chained in the dark, in prison to the ears of a gracious God. 
Immediately, God responds as he promised and have the praises of Paul and Silas. Then all of a sudden, an earthquake struck. I think it was caused by when God entered into the praise, it was so powerful, it shook the earth. And the prison doors flew open. All that were in it were set free. Hear me now. Why is your praise so important to your circumstances? Not only can your praise set you free, your praise can set others free as well. Can I tell you also our praise should not only be confined to this house, it must be heard by this world, by men and women who are locked up in spiritual prisons who have not heard the voice of hope in years. There's a world out there locked up in a spiritual prison that needs to hear your praise because all around you are people bound, oppressed, and depressed. Just go ahead and praise him wherever you're at and watch what happens. People will want to know what makes you sing. Who is this God you sing about? They'll want to know how can you go to that dreadful job day after day singing and smiling. They'll ask you, I've been divorced and I never felt like singing. How can you? They will say, I've been abused and used and so have you. So how can you sing when I can't? Well, I believe on about that third course of I need thee, the power of God shook the very foundation of that jail bars, open chains fell off. And not only did God deliver Paul and Silas, but everyone that was in that prison. That's why someone in your family better get a hold of this thing called praise. It can not only set you free, it can set your whole family free. And God wants to tell someone tonight that even though your jailhouse is locked today, it can be rocked and unlocked. For so many, they're so bound, they got their whole family bound. The devil hits you so hard, he knocked your whole family out. And God wants somebody today to be set free if you would just begin to praise him. If you would get a hold of this thing and understand the value of our prayers and our praise. The praise of Paul and Silas produced freedom. They sang in the midnight hour. Midnight for many means last chance, last hope, last opportunity for something to change. Paul understood this midnight hour thing. He knew midnight hour was the last hour of the day. He knew every day could be a new day with God. He knew weeping may do it for the night, but joy is going to come in the morning. That's why he was praising God. He knew it was at the last hour, and he knew that it was dark, but he believed God was going to give him a new day because his mercies are new each and every day. And that by morning, it was going to, he was going to arise and shine, and his enemies were going to be scattered. And some of you in your midnight hour, and it's time to start praising God for yourself and for others. If my musicians will come, I'm going to close with this. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22, Jehoshaphat found praise can ambush your enemies. They were headed to war that day, and God told Jehoshaphat, the praises were to lead them into battle. And the Bible says as they begin, it didn't say after two or three miles. It didn't say after four or five songs. It said as they begin to sing and praise. The Lord set ambushes against their enemies. God gave them the victory, and they never had to draw a sword. See, an ambush is a surprise attack. The reason praise would be such a surprise attack for your enemy it's for many, the devil's had you down for so long without you fighting back. He believes he's got you to the point where you can't or won't. And I think tonight it's time to surprise your enemy. If you were to stand tonight and lift your voice with praise, 
to the God you serve, regardless of your circumstances. It will ambush your enemies when he hears you begin to praise again. Your praise will produce a victory for you tonight. Whatever the enemy has stolen, if you would praise him, you can walk right back into the enemy's camp tonight and take it back. And shout, devil, you should have killed me while you had a chance before I got my praise back on. Because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has raised me back up tonight. I don't know about you, but I got a lot to praise him for because he redeemed me, he blessed me, he delivered me, he forgave me, he kept me, he showed me mercy, he opened doors for me, he sanctified me, he took my place at Calvary, he gave me my victory. Would you stand to your feet tonight? The key to your prison door being unlocked today and you being set free is praise. God doesn't just want to set you free. He wants to set the whole prison, the whole family free. Free from that thing that only has had you bound, but those around you. I want to tell you something. My dad's drunkenness had our whole family bound. But when he got saved and God delivered him, we were all set free from that stronghold. There's two things that will get you out of your prison. Prayer and praise. Ask Paul and Silas. These are the keys to your victories. They go hand in hand. It's time to praise God anyhow. See, David was in one of the worst places in his life, but David shook himself and realized regardless of his circumstance, regardless of everyone was against him, if everyone had forsook him, God was his refuge. And he knew he had to spend time, whether he felt like it or not, praying and praising his God. I know many that are so bound your spirit is weak. The enemy's coming like a flood. He's causing havoc in your job, your homes, your marriages. And many of you would say, I prayed, Randy, and I prayed. Well, that's the first thing I would have told you to do. But then I would have said, if you have, then it's time to praise. When everything falls apart, praise his name. Hallelujah. I'm encouraging this body. The pastor encouraged this morning, but that's the very same thing. To praise Showing you scripturally the importance of the power of praise tonight. Jesus is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, he's worthy to be praised. It's not about your style or how you do it. It's about if you do it. If you will pray and praise, it secures the fact that help is on the way. There will be an inhabitation of God's presence. And we will have liberty and victories perpetually. Now here's how I'm really going to close this thing out. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to invite the whole church to the altar. And when you get here, I'll finish what I got to say. If you just please come and stand. You've got to believe in the power of praise. We believe so much in it. We named our church Palace of Praise. So if you call it Palace of Praise, there should never be a time you walk through those doors that there's not praise in here. Coming in here and there'd be no praise in here would be like you going to the Outback Steakhouse, but they don't sell steaks. So when you come to the Palace of Praise, when other people come to the Palace of Praise, when those out there are coming here to join us, they come expecting there be a praise in this house. They come expecting there be a praise in you.
And they've got to come in. And when there's praise going on, when the praise band and the word gets together and there's unity in the service, it produces things. It produces liberty. It produces deliverance. All of you standing in this altar night, I asked you earlier if you had any prayer requests, had any needs, and the majority of all y'all raised your hand had need or request. So you're either in this, you're either standing here tonight in this place right now, and you've prayed about those things like I ask you. Well, if you have, then it's time to praise. And if you're here tonight and you say, well, everything's just honky-dory going great in my life, okay, good for you. Then I, I talked about what prayer, what praise also does. It not only releases you, it releases those around you. I want to tell you why the palace of praise is here in this community. It's to praise to release those around us. This region around us. This praise here tonight will help release this region and set them free. God don't just want to set the people in the palace of praise free. He wants to set this whole region free. And to do that, we got to have praise. So if you're here tonight and you have a need, you need to praise him. And if you're here tonight and say, I don't got one, you need to praise him for others. So I'm going to ask the prayers team to pray, play a praise song. And I want you to praise God with all that you got. I want you to show God that we can live up to our name. You know, God inspired that name. God put that name on this church. We didn't put names in a hat and draw them out. No, inspired by God to be the palace of praise because God knew what praise could do for this region, what your praise can do in here, but what your praise can do out there. Praise team, if you'd go ahead and praise. Lift up your hands without wrath and doubting. Come on, church. You hear what she said? I raise a hallelujah. Can we raise one? Louder than the unbelief. Come on. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a as a voice.
This time you got everything you got. Get ready. the praises of his people it's his promise and today God has sent us to remind us prayer and praise the two most powerful weapons that we have to overcome our enemies regardless how your day is going regardless how life is going you've got to praise him anyhow so as before we dismiss i'm gonna ask you one more time your best praise praise him anyhow go ahead give him praise <laughs>